Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. This is your host, Jack, and I have the ADD Mind. Today, I'm flying solo again, and I am going to do sort of a current affairs news cycle type uh, show today, program today. And this last week has been kind of crazy. So much stuff has happened and come out, and I just felt I needed to talk about it. First of all, we're going to start with the leaked brief of the Supreme Court that it sounds like is going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And so many of my friends have just been either ecstatic about this or outraged, probably more outraged than the people that are happy about it. Uh, that's okay. Abortion is understandably a complex topic to discuss. However, a lot of these bills that have been coming out over the past year and a half don't seem to understand that six weeks of pregnancy, a woman doesn't even actually know if she's pregnant. A lot of times it's still part of the you know initial cycle of pregnancy, uh, missing your uh, period and whatnot. I'm sure I'm probably describing that incorrectly. Please forgive me. But this thing that they do that because you can hear what they call a heartbeat. Well, that is not a heartbeat. That is just an electrical pulse. There is no heart at six weeks of development of a, a fetus. And I would hazard to bet that a lot of people that are very, very anti-abortion don't even know what a six-week-old human fetus looks like. I have a feeling that if I were to put, say, a dolphin picture up, a lot of people that are anti-choice would not know that it was a dolphin. They would just assume that it was a human baby at that at that time. The same thing goes if I were to put a dog or a horse or probably even an elephant, because at that point, pretty much all fetuses in their developmental stage of, uh, well, in mammals anyway, look the same. And the heartbeat doesn't come until several weeks later in the development of a human baby. And it's really... It really makes it tough because if you are a somebody who's an, going to be an unwed mother, now that you're going to be forced to have this baby, if you are lower income, having a baby before you are ready to have a baby is something that almost is going to guarantee that you remain in poverty because now you have this other life to care for and you just get set behind because you can't maybe now you don't get to finish college or a votech maybe now you get stuck working at a job that is going to be a low income job and you can't get out of that cycle and not having that baby is something that can help you uh, maybe break this poverty cycle that is in your family the other part of that issue is the very people that are anti-abortion are also the very people that don't think somebody who has a baby that they don't necessarily or whatever they don't want to do anything to help the person that is in poverty that has children if you are on food stamps you're freeloading 
If you get daycare help, you're freeloading. Why should I have to pay for your kid to go to daycare? Nobody pays paid for my kid to be in daycare. Why should I have to buy you food? Why should I have to pay for food? You should be able, if you work hard, you should be able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get out of the situation that you're in. Well, life doesn't work that way. Head Start programs are important for kids. It's called Head Start for a reason. It's important for kids. Food stamps, welfare, whatever you want to call it, is important for families that can't afford food. If you have a job, and I'm not even going to say minimum wage, if you have a job and you're making $12 an hour in the state of Oklahoma, you are not making enough money to live and survive. You have two kids and you're trying to work, you can't afford daycare. So you have to figure out some sort of family member to watch your kids, right? You can't afford daycare. To help people that make 60 grand a year have a hard time affording daycare for two kids. So don't tell me that somebody that's only making $22,000 a year can afford daycare. They can't. You can't afford to buy food on that type of income. You cannot afford prescriptions on that income. You just can't do it and pay your rent and pay your electric and pay your water bill and buy clothes and buy school supplies. But none of that matters to these people because I shouldn't have to pay for you. There are consequences for your actions. Well, I don't think keeping people impoverished is a great consequence. That kid that you're forcing somebody to have is going to grow up, could possibly, not is going to, but could possibly grow up in poverty. And growing up in poverty is just going to repeat the poverty cycle. Not to mention the psychological scarring that somebody can have growing up in an extreme poverty situation. And quite honestly, if your mom or dad did not want to have you and then they're forced to have you, People don't just magically become great parents as soon as the baby's born, right? That just doesn't happen. And who's to say that maybe that person who's now forced to have this kid resents this child? And so they become a shitty, shitty parent because of it. Because of this resentment that they, because they were forced to have this baby. Um, in a perfect world, would we need abortion? No, but we don't live in a perfect world. And then you have also on the anti-choice people's side, they always say, well, you know, there are plenty of people that would love to adopt. Yeah, that's not true. There aren't plenty of people that would love to adopt because there's an overflowing of kids that need to be adopted in the United States. There's an overflowing of kids that are in the foster system that there are no foster parents for. Maybe if there was a waiting list to be a foster parent, 10, 15,000 people deep, maybe if there was no kid wanting to be adopted, you could make that argument. Uh, there's a local news station here in Oklahoma that they do a news segment that is about kids that need to be adopted. And guess what? A large chunk of the time, these kids are teenagers. These people that are saying there's always adoption, they don't want to adopt teenagers. They're not adopting the babies enough, but they're not adopting teenagers. And, teen and other older children. Guess what? They need to be adopted too. If you're 15 and you need, you know, you need to grow up in a family or whatever, that's a life-changing event for you. And it can make a huge difference in the outcome of the rest of your life. And the people that claim you can adopt, 
don't adopt. There's footage you can find of people going to anti-choice rallies and people are asking them, you know, because they'll ask a series of questions and then it's always the statement of, well, you know, they could put the baby up for adoption and when asked, so how many children have you adopted? The answer is always, always, well, zero. I have my own children. Oh, so it's the not in my backyard thing. In this case, other people should adopt, not you. You shouldn't adopt. But I know there are other people that want to adopt. Well, guess what? Most of the people fall in that same viewpoint of, well, other people can adopt. It's not for me. And to force other people to have babies and to claim that, oh, hey, there are plenty of people that will adopt. Well, there's not plenty of people that will adopt. And then when you get to the fact that um, to a large portion of the population of the United States that is evangelical, a large chunk, well, I don't know the exact statistical number, but I do know that the independent fundamental Baptist, fundamental Baptist, um, people that follow IBLP, they always scream, adopt, adopt, adopt. However, part of their religious viewpoint is you don't adopt children because you are adopting into your family the sins of the father of, the, of that child. You are bringing their sins into your house because sin is a generational curse and God will, and God punishes people because of generational curses of sin. And so you can't bring that child in to your family because now you're bringing who knows what type of curses into your family because of generational sin. So don't sit there and preach adopt, adopt, adopt when Part of your religious viewpoint is that you don't adopt. Make no mistake, when you see somebody that is like, say, a Duggar that said when they get asked, would you adopt? And they say, I would love to adopt. They're lying. They're flat out lying to you because as part of their religion, you do not adopt because you are bringing the sin of the parents of those children into your home. Now, I do know that the Duggars are raising one of Michelle's siblings' children, but I think that's slightly different because it's a family member. But for the most part, they do not adopt. And then you have uh, this. I do not know if it's true. I have not researched it. But apparently in that brief on abortion, Supreme Court Justices Amy Coney Barrett has stated that the U.S. needs a domestic supply of infants to meet needs of parents seeking to adopt, that those who would otherwise abort must be made to carry to term, giving children up for adoption. What the hell? She's advocating for baby factories. That is just bonkers to me, especially when, once again, as I say, there is not a waiting list in the United States for people to adopt. There's just not. People don't want to adopt. You can claim, oh, well, people adopt. They don't. They don't. And I'm not even at the point of the my body, my choice part. I'm just talking from these other practical reasons. And, you know, this this notion that, well, you shouldn't have, you know, sex out of wedlock or whatever. And the consequence is this. I was literally in a debate on Facebook and somebody said in this post that, well, if you want the help of the church, then maybe you should go to the church and take in the lessons that they're teaching what? And then this argument of, you know, there's a consequence for your actions. And if having to raise a baby is the consequence for your action, you're just going to have to deal with that. And then also the thing was, because the person was, uh, someone was rebutting that person and the person's viewpoint was, well, the woman doesn't have to sleep with him. Well, you know what? The man doesn't have to sleep with him either. It takes two people to tango, you know? 
So this idea that this asshole's putting it all on women is bullcrap, but he's trying to do it in a way that's all preachy, and I care about people, but at the same time, there's a consequence. And the federal government spends all this money to pay for abortions. Well, they don't, because it's against the law for the federal government to pay for abortions. So there is that. Then there's also the notion that in the Bible talks about from the minute you're conceived, you're alive. Well, in the Bible, it actually states that life begins at first breath. First breath does not happen when you're first conceived. So there is that. And then there are also many, many verses in the Bible where God talks about, you know, the rules for ending pregnancy. It's in there. I can't give you the exact verses right now. I'm just sort of doing this off the top of my head. But those verses are in the Bible. So there's that. And, you know, this is definitely going to be a life-changing situation. And then to pass laws that if somebody gets an abortion, you can sue them for $10,000 is crazy. And in the state of Oklahoma, it's going to be so illegal that if you are a, a doctor and you perform an abortion, you can get a up to a $100,000 fine and 10 years in jail. Do we really want to do that? That is just crazy. Crazy. And it's just nuts to do that. And especially coming from a group of people that don't give two craps about the baby after it's born. And so anyway, it's, it's just sort of odd times we live in. And I'm I'm not even going to get into the the mud of my body my choice. Everybody knows knows that knows the arguments for that. There's no point in me rehashing that. I just wanted to bring up these other portions about having babies when are not necessarily ready to have the baby can continue the cycle of poverty and then to almost make it as a punishment for having sex. People have sex all the time. If people weren't having sex out of wedlock, there wouldn't be a thing in the for like the entirety of civilization. There wouldn't be a thing in the Bible talking about how you don't have sex out of marriage, right? So when when the Bible was written, people were obviously having sex outside of marriage because it wouldn't be something as stated that you don't do in the Bible if it wasn't happening then. So there is that. People always act like things in the Bible are just for like today's purposes. And they seem to forget that had it not been happening when the books of the Bible were written, it wouldn't be in the Bible because it wouldn't have been happening. So there is that. But people are going to have sex, probably because sex is fun. And so people are going to have sex. But to have this thing that somebody essentially is going to be punished for the rest of their life because actions have consequences is kind of kind of odd to me. And it certainly doesn't seem to be very forgiving because if you should, we're supposed to be forgiving and a lot of people aren't. So anyway, there is that. And now I'm going to move on to friend of the podcast, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She had a court case where people were suing to bar her from being able to run for federal office using, I believe it's the 14th Amendment, where somebody that has been part of an insurrection or a rebellion is no longer allowed to have federal office. Uh, also sedition, I believe. But anyway, 
And this came into effect after the Civil War because they did not want people that were, say, congressmen in their state left, joined the Confederacy, and then they were congressmen in the Confederacy, to then come back and now be congressmen in the now sort of reunified United States. And so the 14th Amendment was passed to prevent people from doing that. You cannot tell me, based upon the various uh, text messages and everything that we have now, that Marjorie Taylor Greene probably knew what was going to happen on January 6th. And the judge allowed her, he ruled in her favor, not in favor of the people suing. However, I am, am glad that they sued because while she was on the stand, it basically proved that Marjorie Taylor Greene is a gigantic, idiotic liar and also maybe one of the dumbest human beings that the planet Earth has ever seen. I, I do not know if she has a double-digit IQ. And to be asked questions, when you said this, yada, 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 and she was like, I never, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't remember saying that. And then the, the attorney for the other side would be like, let's go to exhibit seven. And then she would be like, oh, do you mean when I said this? She knew she was lying. That was perjury. She knew that she was not telling the truth. But, you know, we're going to get to have this person continue to be in Congress because I don't think she has an opponent. I believe she's running unopposed. Although I guess she was in a debate recently. Anyway, incumbents tend to win. And so Marjorie Taylor Greene is probably going to get reelected and she's going to keep acting like she's smart and all these people that are sort of MAGA are going to go on this path of, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's brilliant, yada, yada, yada. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not brilliant. She is less useful than an old bag of socks. You know, I can use an old bag of socks to stain wood with, to dust. You know, if there's a spill, I could clean up a spill with an old sock. I could wear it as, I could use it as a sock. I could make sock puppets. She's not that useful. And the fact that she is in Congress is mind-boggling. The fact that she likes to scream about pedophilia, but her best friend is Lauren Bobart, whose husband is a registered sex offender, is funny. Um, the fact that she hangs out with... Matt Gates, who's under criminal investigation for sex trafficking, i.e. he was flying children under the age of 18 to different states to have sex with them. But they're not pedophiles. They were set up, even though in Lauren Bobart's husband's case, I believe he actually admitted to the dong showing of the 15-year-old at the bowling alley, which is why he's registered. But I'm sure it's everyone else that are pedophiles and this whole democratic elites that are pedophiles and eating children once again is part of that trope that started in the early 1800s as the accords of the elders of zion which was started by a russian czar and it just gets recycled 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 it was used in world war ii it was the basis of the satanic panic people that were part of the john birch society use that and it's just a rehashing of all of this stuff and it's almost mind-boggling to me also i'm going to be using mind-boggling a lot in, during this podcast probably but it is mind-boggling to me that the very people that were raising children during the satanic panic and then it came out that the satanic panic was bullcrap and it was all made up have fallen for the satanic panic again but this time it's just oh well it's democrats it's hollywood elites no it's not happening because it's just a rehash of something that's been going on. And really, all they have done is they have just replaced Jew or, well, the first replacement of Jew was Satanist. 
and now they have replaced Satanists with Democrats and Hollywood elites. And there isn't this gigantic worldwide ring of pedophiles that are sex trafficking everybody. It's, now, I'm not saying that sex trafficking does not happen. Um, Congressman Matt Gates is a perfect example of sex trafficking occurring, but we won't discuss that. But there isn't this worldwide thing going on where people are just eating and killing babies and they have baby factories and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's not happening. And while we're on the subject of global cabals and things that are taking place, if there really is a gigantic club of globalists that are trying to take over the world, and it's always fishy because, one, they want to control everybody, but at the same time they're trying to depopulate everybody, all of the, the world. Are they trying to depopulate the world so it's just less people to have to control? And so just from a logistical and operational standpoint, it's easier to say control 4 billion people on the planet Earth instead of 7 billion people. I'm not sure I understand the whole logic of that because it always changes. But my point is, if there is this global cabal that is trying to rule the world, they are probably incredibly powerful, right? Exceedingly powerful. And if they have that ability, if you have some stupid internet show talking about it or say... Uh, I don't know if you could technically call it media, but if you say own info world wars and you're getting the crap suit out of you, but the host of that show for the past 20 years has been screaming about the global elites trying to take over the world. Well, if you were really letting everybody into their plans, it seems to me that there would probably have been an elimination of that person. If they were this powerful that they could do everything, sneaking people into other countries, to eliminate people exposing their plans is probably something that would occur, number one. Number two, Alex Jones is always screaming that, and I know, they've, they have talked to me. They have tried to get me to join. Why would anyone actually believe that that has occurred? Because every time they do that, he talks about it. You aren't going to invite somebody who can't keep his mouth shut to be a member of your secret plot to rule the world right? You're not going to invite somebody to be a part of that. And you especially aren't going to do it to some guy that lives in Austin, Texas. Really? Austin, Texas? You think <laughs> global elites are not going to do that? He also claims that these global elites used to go, and he knows all about it because they used to tell my dad about it because they were patients of my father. His dad was a dentist. You mean to tell me that some billionaire... Well, at the time, it wouldn't have been billionaire. A millionaire intent on ruling the world would fly from, say, New York City to Austin to go to the dentist? Really? Well, how have the people that listen to Alex Jones never put those two and two uh, pieces of information together? You are not the world's greatest dentist that people will fly from all over the world to get their dental work done and then invite you into their secret plot to rule the world. That's just not going to happen. And it's almost comical that he says it and people actually believe it. How is that something that you think has actually occurred? And if there is, once again, you would not be inviting Alex Jones because Alex Jones can't keep his mouth shut. The reason he says that is because it never occurred. Ever. He's just saying it. He's making it up. So, anyway, 
Also, if you listen to Alex Jones and you're a Christian, have you never noticed that his knowledge of Christianity is almost like he got it from a game of telephone? He's like the 35th person down the road. And he says stuff and he tries to act like he's a Christian. This man knows absolutely nothing about Christianity. He's never read the Bible. He doesn't know any of this stuff. He just makes crap up. And if you're a Christian, how do you not recognize that he knows nothing about Christianity? Nothing. It's it's crazy that this is happening. And we'll see what happens after these judgments. First of all, we have to see what goes on with his bankruptcy because it can be set out possibly that his bankruptcy is just a ploy. And based on everything he did during the entirety of the trial, I'm going to assume that it probably is. So anyway, this this past week has just been just been crazy. And then not to mention the fact that there's still the ongoing war in Ukraine and there are certain Americans that are on Putin's side, which is odd to me because a lot of these people were so in were so enraged and furious in the 2012 election when Mitt Romney said that Russia was our biggest enemy and Barack Obama said the 1980s called and they would like their foreign policy back. Mitt Romney has proven to be correct in that and Barack Obama was wrong in that. That happens with hindsight but the conservative and the conservative pundits and all of those were just outraged that obama had said that and now a lot of those very same people are pro-russian and pro-putin if you're pro-putin you are for the elimination of political enemies when somebody is a political enemy of vladimir putin they end up dead so if you're a fan of Putin, you're a fan of killing people that disagree with you, which strangely enough doesn't surprise me based upon the last five years. But so when Tucker Carlson is defending Vladimir Putin, he is defending a man who is a brutal dictator who kills his political enemies. So that kind of makes you wonder if, say, Tucker Carlson had some sort of power, would he be all for killing your political enemies? One has to wonder. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's also pro-Putin. That means she's in favor of that. Well, based upon her reactions of January 6th, it does sound like it because she has not said that the people screaming hang Mike Pence were wrong. So she probably does agree with that. But she also probably doesn't understand or know that Putin kills his enemies because, once again, Marjorie Taylor Greene is stupid. I really wish the, the Democratic side of the country would start screaming, let's go Marjorie to imply that somebody is a gigantic idiot. I think that would be kind of humorous in a way. But yeah, if you are sort of on this pro-Putin side and you think that Russia is correct, you're wrong, number one. Number two, that means you support somebody who really is essentially a, a dictator and who's all for killing his political enemies. That means you're for that. So, you know, there's that. And two, let me ask you a question. There's this thing of, well, you know, the Ukraine used to be a part of the Soviet Union and they're just wanting their land back. Alaska used to be part of Russia, too. So if Vladimir Putin moves into Alaska and starts to take it over, are you going to be defending that? Or are you going to be like, uh, hell no, this is our country? You know, the Aleutian Islands that come off of Alaska, they work their way down very, very close to Alaska. In fact, I think one or two of the islands were occupied by the Japanese in World War II. But we won't talk about that. And as much as I hate to say it, uh, Sarah Palin was correct when she said 
there are parts of Russia that are close, or Alaska is closer to Russia than it is to the United States. She was not lying. Um, there are parts because of the Aleutian Islands of Russia where it's only like a hundred miles or something like that. Now, the thing that everybody remembers, and they do that quote of Sarah Palin, is you can see Russia from here. That's not what she said. That was the Saturday Night Live making fun of Sarah Palin. And it pains me to have to say that Sarah Palin was right, but in that one particular instance, she was right. And it is painful to have to say Sarah Palin was right about something, but in that case, she is correct. Alaska and Russia are relatively close to each other in certain places, and they are. Cl Alaska is closer to Russia than it is to uh, the continental United States. Anyway. But which part of Russia would you be comfortable, or I'm sorry, which part of Alaska would you be comfortable giving back to Russia? Hmm? Which part? Any of it? The, just maybe the Aleutian Islands? How about Kodiak Island? Would you be fine giving back Kodiak Island? How about everything north of the Arctic Circle? Would you be cool with that? No, you wouldn't. And that's what's going on with the Ukraine. And then, of course, the thing that the president of the Ukraine is a Nazi is also incredibly funny because the man is Jewish. And one of the things I've noticed in the entirety of my lifetime is that people that are Jewish tend to not be Nazis for some strange reason. So I hope that in this deal with the Ukraine, that the Ukrainians are able to fight them off and get them out of their country. I actually think something that the Ukraine should consider is counterstrike into Russian territory. Not just try to gain back these breakaway states that are sort of there that have Russian puppets, but I mean actually go in and launch some counteroffensives in Russian territory. Because if there's anything that this conflict has proven, it's that the Russian military structure is nowhere near what people have said that it's been for a long time just isn't so anyway i hope that that happened or that this war ends i don't think that it will because i don't think vladimir putin would accept defeat of any kind and i think shy of taking over the ukraine completely he's going to view the whole thing as if that's i believe is the only outcome for him but i certainly hope that is not what happens and uh, just to wrap up i hope that perhaps this leak will maybe change the outcome of that uh, Roe v. Way. Some, it, it is just a preliminary, so maybe some of the people that are in favor of it will change their mind. I do not see that happening. But it does sort of show you that some of these people, when asked directly about abortion during their Senate he hearings, lied. So there is that. Um, but anyway, I hope... I, I don't even know how to really put words in it. In... I also hope that people that are on the pro or the anti-choice side of things will start lining up to be foster parents and to adopt. And they're going to be for, you know, school breakfast programs, school lunch programs, programs that give kids food to take home over the summer because they don't have food. You know, this is the United States of America. Kids should not be going hungry. Kids should not be living in a home where the electricity is shut off for four or five days. And that's the part of abortion that people don't, on that side, don't want to talk about. They are not pro-life. They are not pro-child. They are pro-fetus. They are pro-unborn. Once the child is born, they do not care about that kid. They may claim they do, but they don't. If they did, 
all of the programs that help impoverished children would be funded at the levels they need to be funded, and they wouldn't always be trying to cut them and get rid of them and all of that. So, anyway, uh, maybe you should act more Christ-like if you're going to call yourself a Christian. I'm fairly certain that after Jesus fed the 5,000 that he did not give them all a bill for the fish. If he did, they left that part out of the Bible. So, there is there is that. So, anyway, I hope you start acting more Christ-like and you start enacting and passing bills to help people that are impoverished instead of railing that they're freeloaders trying to raise the child that you have said that they have no choice but to raise now. But anyway, I, I digress. So there's that, and who knows what's going to happen. The MTG thing just shows the importance of somebody should never run unopposed. You should not... I actually think that if you're the incumbent, you should be primaried every single time. Because just because you're the incumbent doesn't mean that you're good at what you're doing and you know what you're doing. You probably suck. And everyone, I don't, within their own party, they should be primaried every time. And they should certainly never run unopposed by somebody of the other political party. Even if that party loses, no one should ever run unopposed. That's just my personal belief. Because then you end up with people like MTG and Congress. So anyway, with that, I've, I've ranted for almost 40 minutes at this point. So it won't be that close after I edit. But, you know, I've been ranting for a minute here. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and call it quits in the show. I appreciate everybody listening. If you... Uh, could hit that like button the subscribe button and if your whatever podcasting platform you has gives you the option to leave a review please leave a positive review if you don't like the podcast please leave a positive review but like and subscribe that definitely helps me in the algorithm and i would really like to see the podcast grow but that would really help help me out a bunch Anyway, we've almost hit the wrap-up for Season 1. I think I only have two episodes left. Going to do a couple specials over the summer. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Remember, I know I fell at this pretty, pretty regularly. But remember, try to live your life in a way that would make Mr. Rogers proud. Thank you for listening to Musings of an ADD Mind. If you enjoyed this podcast, or even if you didn't, please hit the subscribe or follow button. 